not, gentle listener, there is hope, for the Gem Girls have returned. Yes, after an extended and unannounced and arguably unnecessary break, your favorite podcast where two very basic bitches talk shit about the cartoons you grew up loving, or for the Gen Zers in the house, never heard of, with a special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. I am the Tomb Raider of queer subtext, Hakuna Matitis. And I'm the gal who gets under the overtext of it all, Orphus Jones. And today we are talking about the queer coming of age story that is episode 11 of Gem Season 3, entitled Riot's Hope. What is our fabulously Fabio and favorite sociopath so hopeful for? A new set of mesh undershirts? An ass that simply won't quit? (laughs) Or would it be acceptance from his queer bashing father? Well... It is yes to all three, except not really. <laughs> yes, because while this episode screams coming out of the closet, the Slife Man keeps all the queer on the down low to make sure all those who know, know, you know. And <laughs> you know? Yes. You know? And yes, you did hear that correctly just now. This episode is written by perhaps the most beloved writer for Gem on this here podcast, Sorry, not sorry, Christy. Yeah. The one and only, the progenitor of so many wives, also the progenital. Uh, the t- <laughs> wow. You, you, I thought it was perfect. You made it better. <laughs> and that's what I'm here for. Uh, the taken too soon from too many, Roger, wifers for slifers, are lifers slifer, as he is wrong. <laughs> As he's royally As he known. Is royally, li- exactly. royally known. Yeah. Amongst the royalty. That's uh, what is, that's, people say it every time. Uh, originally airing on America's Collective Screenez on February 22nd, 1988. <laughs> and according to our Jujalian overlords over at Jujal, this is the one when Riot's mother collapses from stress. He is revisited by his rejecting strict father, and they begin to fight constantly. It's up to Jim to try and mend their relationship, except it's really not because Jim just meddles. Uh, right? Why is it up to Jim? It's really that was not. Never it, once questioned. Exactly. In this Jim really gets up into their business for no reason. Um, anyways, hilariously, because the slice man only slices the pie in one way, his own. <laughs> all the facts about Riot and the Stinger's backstory in this episode completely go against everything Christy Marks originally said and what's in the gem bible so like sucks to slife Christy you know what I mean oh my god um yeah for real also the title of this episode is apparently a riff on a soap opera called Ryan's Hope that aired from the mid 70s to late 80s but that is all of the trivia we pilfered from the gem wiki will bother you with for now. Yeah, because I, I, I got some more. Let's, but the, let's get into the episode itself. Um, we start with... What do we start with? I, I had to write down my notes this time again. So um, so we open to a newspaper with news about the Middle East heating up. And these, like you see these angry... This angry pair of white fists clutching the newspaper revealing the face of a angry white man who is really upset by this and who just wants to like go over and bomb the shit out of the middle east yes yes so very appropriate i mean that's i feel like it's a forever america mood uh let's just you know (laughs) bomb a place to get what we want 
so the newspaper is called Los Angeles Daily News, as you said. I guess confirming the fact that I didn't the sh- say that. Oh well, I I'm saying it now. <laughs> saying it now, honey. Uh, for the first time. Um, so it's a Los Angeles Daily News. So confirming that the show is set in LA, I guess. And Middle East heats up. Apparently, it's probably a reference to actual things that were going on around around that time. I imagine like the hostage uh, crisis in Beirut or something. Well, I think the Gulf War is also a big thing that was happening during that time. Okay, okay. Anyways, that was another piece of, uh, that was another factoid from the Gem Gem Fandom Wiki for you. Oh, the Gulf War was not happening at that time. But then I don't know what the fuck was happening. I don't know. Maybe what you said. (laughs) Yeah, could be, but also probably not. Um, it's not my responsibility as a Canadian to keep abreast of American history, okay? I yeah. already know too fucking much. Listen, honey, yeah, exactly. I don't need two breasts of American history. I don't need to keep abreast <laughs> of the both. Uh, got- I have breast cancer when it comes to that. <laughs> when it comes to being abreast of American history, I got fucking breast cancer, baby. <laughs> Wow, that is actually maybe just too much, far too much. I know that's that's a lot. Um, so there's also a white lady in the mix, um, and she's obviously this man's wife, and it's revealed shortly thereafter that it's uh, Riot. These are Riot's parents. She's basically like, "I thought you were gonna relax today." Yeah, I thought you were gonna chill the fuck out, bro. But no, like the newspaper got you hella angry. You're just, like, angry over nothing. Um, And, yeah, he's super mad. He's like, how can anyone relax with this shit going on? And Riot comes in and, you know, he's like, you you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? But says instead, can I I join in on the fun? Yeah, I also want to point out Riot seems to be wearing, like, a sweater vest tank top in the scene. (laughs) I just, you know, I want to acknowledge that. I mean, I guess he did it before I did. I, did you do that? Sweater vest tank top was very, like, early second year Orphus Jones. Okay, actually, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, like, I don't look back on it as a mistake, but I would never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you're evolved now. Exactly. You're exactly. like the, you the were sweater vest old. was my, my the sweater vest was my chrysalis. I am now a fearsome Mothra. You know what I mean? Right. Like you used to be a regular hole, and now you're a glory hole. Egg. Oh wow, that's poetry. You that was beautiful. <laughs> I used you. to be, I'll be j- here all night. I used to be just an orifice, and now I'm an orifice Jones. I'm an orifice that Jones <laughs> that Jones in for other orifices. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm one big hole looking for other big holes and maybe consuming right. smaller holes. Right. You you got to yeah, consuming all holes that stand in your way. Exactly, because while I am a hole in one, I'm also a hole of many. <laughs> that is so much. I don't even know where to begin with <laughs> I don't, that. We can, we can simply just stop talking about it. Um Oh, so, right. so uh, Riot comes in and he's bringing his parents a present, which is, I think it's like a, uh, I don't know, an original of their first Stingers album. And he's like, aren't you so proud of me that I've like kind of made it big and this album is like kind of worth a lot of money now? Um, but uh, they're not pleased to see him because apparently it's been 15 years. And his dad is like, it's been 15 years and this is what you're fucking uh, bringing me? I hate you. 
Well, I think it was, it's been five years, but like the dad is the one who's not happy to see him. The mom is quite happy that he's there. Right, 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 right. And this is the first instance that we get the gay of it all, because, oh, a dad who's displeased with the life choices his son made while his mother is trying to mediate between them? Where have you seen that before? (laughs) I don't know. Where have you seen that before? In like literally every gay movie about a father and son, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, I also thought the wife's name was Milton for like a hot minute, but apparently it's Mildred. (laughs) Milton? I thought you would remember her name since you called Jetta Mildred for the longest time. (laughs) That is true. So I eventually caught wind it was, she was a Mildred. Um, and she is a very Mildred, very matronly Mildred energy going on over there. Yeah, but she seems nice enough. Um, she was chill. Know. She was chill, I guess. She was, you know, I mean, she was a little weak because, I don't know, she, like her sheer sadness <laughs> sends her to the hospital, which I was like, all right, lady, the drama, relax. Right, um, like she, the doctor's saying they don't know if she has a will to live and there's nothing we can do for her. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, you're... to live. Yeah, like, your father and son, like your husband and son are arguing, like, whoa. <laughs> Anyway, so basically his dad is vegan ass, which like makes sense given who Riot is. Um, And they look like they're about to engage in fisticuffs. Uh, His dad tells him like, you're not welcome here. His mother's mad. His dad says she's better off without him. The mom faints. The dad blames it on Riot, which is like honestly comical because... The dad is being far worse in the situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The dad has, like, really, I mean, unchecked anger issues, as we've seen by his violent assaults on a piece of paper for no reason. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's toxic, classic toxic repressed masculinity. Exactly. Like, emotions. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, I've already said it, but, like, yeah, this exchange, he makes it very clear that he's so angry with how, like, Riot chose music as a lifestyle kind of thing. And again, it gives very strong, I hate my son because he's chose to be gay kind of thing. Right. Well, he does liken, um, like, music to being effeminate, right? Exactly, like, exactly. He says a lot of stuff, and we'll get some flashbacks later of, like, no son of mine is going to play the piano because apparently the piano's super gay. Which, I mean, <laughs> fair. I, uh, I mean, have you seen Beethoven? Exactly. Have you seen Mozart, honey? Queen is serving. <laughs> uh, anyway, we cut to Stinger Sound, uh, where the holograms have been invited to some event. It's uh, like the Stinger's party of sorts. Right. And, and so I just, I, I just want to uh, point out Kimber's line as they're in the elevator heading up to the, this party at Stinger's Music, where Kimber says... I don't get it. What are we doing here? And I was like, Kimber, that could literally be said with everything you guys do. <laughs> like, I don't get it. What are we doing here? Then they have to explain it. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like you probably ask that every time you guys leave the mansion. Yeah, but, like, what are you doing here? Exactly. And also, like, what are you doing there? <laughs> Kimber also is like, to Jem, I bet you're ho- happy to see riot again and Jem's like no he's just a great musician and blushes and it's like Jem okay I don't understand this like I thought (laughs) we had landed on the conclusion that he was like a psychopath 
and like kind of rapey and now you're still into him and what about Rio I'm so confused yeah Rio is fortunately off our screen as the entire time this episode which I'm always happy <laughs> to see slash not see but the holograms also seem to be very okay with like oh yeah Riot's like Jem's side piece that's chill like go do you do you yeah, right? Like, I thought they were supposed to be ethical or, like, good people. Yeah, like, yeah. And Ryan, they're and very okay with adultery in this show. Very okay with it. And Jim, like, actively pursues Riot throughout this entire episode. Like, in this, we get this exchange shortly where Riot's sulking in a corner and Jim seeks him out. And it's like, okay, Jim, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Right. So, yeah, he's moping. He's sulking. Jem is constantly on him. Like, what is wrong? Tell me everything. What's happening? You know, like really trying to pull it out of him because one, she's a busybody. Right. Two, she's deranged. True. Um. Yeah. Those are like the two main. Those. Ones. Are, yeah. She's deranged. She got nothing better to do, and that's simply <laughs> enough for our girl Jem. Uh. And then we she's do get thirsty the thirsty AF. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. 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 Super thirsty. Mad deluded, ain't got no shit better to do. It's a trifecta <laughs> for messiness. Right. Uh, and that brings right. us to our song. Um, we actually, all the songs in this episode are from the Stingers, which the Gem Fandom Wiki did point out as a piece of trivia. Um, this is the first one we get called Take It or Leave It. Uh, yes. And listen, I've said it already three times. I'm going to say it like 14 times. This shit was gay as fuck. Like some of the lyrics in this... <laughs> We're like, this is who I am. You can't change me. Take it or leave it. It's like, yeah, okay. I think we've we've all been there, Riot. Yeah. Um, we've also heard this song before. This is not a new track. Oh, I didn't um, even know. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, this is just a lot of Riot being sad and staring at himself in the mirror or in a cardboard cutout or on an album. And yeah, like yeah, sad, yeah. Sad. And then we get flashbacks to things we've seen like minutes ago, like the fight with his father. <laughs> it's mainly like, yeah, him sat on a stage or a flashback to the argument, and it's like, oh, okay, you're not really giving us much here. Yeah, we also remember that. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. You really got to flash back it up all the way there right. to a couple minutes before. Uh, <laughs> we do get a, like a little bit of a pan overview of who's at the party. Uh, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, our girl Lena Lerner's here. Um, and then also the gem fandy, fandom wiki, fandom wiki, random, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know words. The, uh, yeah, the, the nerds over at that website, uh, said that the Limp Lizards are also there. Lena Lerner, oh. as pointed out. Johnny Deacon, Lindsay Pierce, Video, Dance, uh, teen starlet secret 40-year-old Sean Harrison, uh, Queen Barracuda Harriet Horndog, Ron Cox... <laughs> And Connie Long, who is apparently a reporter at Channel 82 we've maybe seen before. Connie Long, I think, was that Shayna clone. Right! Shayna clone Connie Long, of course. I think. I don't know. I would have to, like, check the receipts on that one, but I'm, I'm sure it might be. Anyway. 60% so of the characters in Gem are, could be a clone of Shayna. <laughs> Indeed. But among the many guests at this party is his dad, who rolls through to basically punch him in the face. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> true. He, as soon as he like comes up to him, just punches his son in the face, which, yeah, I mean, it was a lot. 
Um, and the reason for the sudden burst of violence is that his dad blames him for his mom being in the hospital, which again is nonsense. Nonsense. Um, nonsense. We also get a pretty funny, um, like guard. There's like a security guard that's trying to keep the dad out of Riot's dressing room. I don't know. I kind of like this guard. He just had a lot of lines of like, and he's, he was always yelling the entire time. Um, <laughs> And then also, Minx pops up after the father introduces himself. Is other Minx a rapture where they're like, I didn't even know you had a father. And it's like, doesn't everyone? <laughs> yeah, but like, maybe he told them that his father is dead or just like doesn't talk about their father. True, but like, okay, like if they said his father was dead, like they like she knew he had a father. And even if he doesn't talk about, like, what, like, you didn't even know he had a, I I don't know. It was just a a strange phrasing, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's true. It is strange phrasing. Um, anyway, so, basically, the police come to escort the father out. Jem inserts herself into the situation, as she is wont to do. Yeah, feels the need to meddle and really, yeah, get into the middle of it for no reason. Right, and she's like, oh, you need to go to the hospital. Let me drive you. And I'm like, what? Yeah, what? Uh, why has it got to be you? Uh, <laughs> there's no reason for this. You don't, do you even know him that well? No, I mean, he was stalking her creepily, and she, even up until, like, last episode or two episodes ago, she was dodging his advances. And now that he's sad and isn't interested in her, she is interested in him. Yeah, I mean, that's classic gem. Classic gem. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's pretty, anyway. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of, it's funny sad how <laughs> fucked up she is psychologically. Uh, anyways, this, I think she has a conversation with, uh, with Riot, and this leads to some flashbacks into Riot's childhood. And he's basically like, yeah, you know, everything was chill with my dad until I discovered music uh and by music we mean dick dick yeah Yeah. that's the thing here honey music is a stand-in as it often is for dick it is like a like a little skin flute you know exactly exactly (laughs) what are penises if not the flutes of the flesh (laughs) the flutes of the looms or no let's make sense (laughs) Uh, well, you find the, the flutes, flutes of you, the loins. You I find the flutes of the flesh by the fruit of the loom. <laughs> flutes of the flesh is pretty good. Flutes, yeah, um, flesh flutes. Yo, just like <laughs> blowing my flesh flute, baby. <laughs> um. So, anyway, the, no. Yes, I need to talk about this. So, <laughs> you know the video of the leprechauns in Mobile, Alabama that I was obsessed with for a long time? Oh, yes. It's, I mean, I understand why you are obsessed. It's an amazing, <laughs> uh, amazing piece of history, but go on. So, at one point, like, one of the guys was like, oh, this here is my leprechaun flute. Passed down from thousands of generations from my great great grandfather who's Irish, and I was like, I think of the flesh, flute of the flesh as being a leprechaun flute to like call a leprechaun to suck your dick. I don't know. I don't know. I remember that part of the video, and that did kill me every time. I'm like, oh, of course, this is his, you know, family 
leprechaun flute heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's so funny. Um, but anyway, so, <clears throat> yeah, Ryan's telling Jem about the story um, about how, like, his mom is teaching him how to play the piano and his dad spanks him immediately like whenever he sees him playing an instrument or like smashed his guitar to like crush yeah, his dreams yeah. and, and he his even soul. S- and he even says these things of like you know don't be a sissy or like no son of mine's gonna be a sissy so again the gay is at play right and yeah they, he at one point he stops what he's doing to make a fire like really makes it more cozy and intimate for he, him and Jem. So I actually want I actually want to just um flash back it up for ourselves for a second because so the original the first part of the backstory we actually get from Jem asking the dad. And then Jem right. gives Riot a ride home and then pulls like a you want to have a cup of coffee which is classic hookup like move of like invite me up and we'll see what happens and then that right? goes into riot doing his version of the backstory so yeah jem is mad thirsty in this episode mad thirst and like we're supposed to believe that she's just doing this out of the goodness of her heart like yeah. hell no bitch. no one wants coffee at 9 p.m all right you're gonna be a little jitterbug you're gonna be a jitterbug like that you only kind of like the <laughs> I'm thinking more of, like, a jitter-in-the-bedroom bug. What the fuck? <laughs> so, like, when someone's asking for a cup of coffee, it's not because, like, it will make them a jitterbug if they actually drink the coffee. What they actually want to do is a jitter-in-the-bedroom bug. Is that a real phrase, or are you just being ridiculous? I am simply is- speaking words. <laughs> that is, this is not something anyone says. And maybe, no, maybe, maybe, maybe people do refer to themselves as jitterbugs if they have too much caffeine, though. I, that's not a bit too much of a stress. Stretch. Oh, my Lord. That's so much. Yeah. Basically, he continues telling the story. We learn that his, you know, father crushed him, crushed his souls and his drink, his soul and his dreams yeah, enough yeah, to yeah. make him join the army. He's in basic training in Germany. And then one night he discovers the band called Nirvana, which is where the real band Nirvana got their name from. Hashtag, hashtag not a true in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> so it was. So I look at the dates. Nirvana was definitely a band when this aired. And what am I? Am I like Slife Man? Are you making like a real life ref, or are you just unaware of Nirvana as a band? Um, and then I was like, oh, I wasn't aware Riot was a founding member of Nirvana, but here we are. Um, well, I think that uh, possibly, I don't know, if they were a band, I don't think they were big at this point. Like, they hadn't reached their height. Maybe not. I don't know. Like, I feel like Nirvana was, does this episode, I guess, aired in early 88? Nirvana, yeah, only was founded in maybe 87. So maybe they didn't have, like, America-wide success at that point. But I remember that I feel like they became pretty big pretty quickly. Like, by I feel like by 1990, Nirvana was, like, a band yeah. people knew about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that um, was two years later. Um, I do want to point out one thing. Like, Riot calls his dad's behavior or, like, you know, psychosis around anything slightly feminine as, like, macho, which, you know, hashtag toxic masculinity. 
Uh, and he also talks about how he used to have to move around, like, every single year. So making friends was always, like, kind of difficult, or, like, he always had to, like, leave his friends. And I was like, oh, maybe this is, like, a little bit of riot psychology. He treats people as basically, like, tools and, like, a means of an end because he never really had, like, a strong friend group where the actions he takes against them would have repercussions later. Because if he was ever shitty to, like, the group of friends he was going to have in one place, he would be like, oh, I'm going to be gone in, like, six months anyway, so I don't really give a fuck. Wow. Is that, wow, that's really quite the psychoanalysis. Is that, like, have you thought that about, like, a real person in your life? No, I uh, am not that deep. I don't apply this level of thought to any real-world scenario. Uh, I am merely... (laughs) I am merely... uh, (laughs) This... Yeah, this psychoanalytic approach, I only apply to fictional characters. That's hilarious. Uh, Of children's shows. Of children's shows. I do the work that matters. (laughs) I mean, you're out here. You're out here. I'm out here. No one else is out here. here. I'm out here doing the thing. I don't see anyone else doing the thing. You know what I mean? No no one's asking me to do it, of course. But um, (laughs) who else will? Right, I agree. You're really important, and you're a maverick, and uh, yeah, you're a hero. I'll go as far as saying you're a hero. Yeah, I mean, maybe even a martyr for your like your sacrifice your sanity. I'm not not dead yet. Soon, soon, I'll be a martyr, but not quite. (laughs) But I will say I'm not the hero you asked for, but I am the hero you need. That's true. That's a true statement. Anyway, so he goes to the show nirvana's playing minx is in the band and he gets on stage plays with the band everyone loves him then they want him to join the band he does gets a dishonorable discharge and is dishonorable discharge baby i don't even have to say the joke (laughs) why has no one i know made that joke right yeah i feel like all of my discharges are dishonorable you know what i mean like, never am I doing it in any, like, honorable way. I'm always discharging dishonorably. <laughs> yeah, I've never had honorable discharge. Yeah, it's always a mess. It's never a cute look afterwards. I might be, like, staring at myself on the screen and, like, after whatever I'm watching and then, you know, look at myself in disgust. It's dishonorable, everything about it. Um, so basically his dad, you know, you could have predicted this. His dad disowns him and is like, I have no son. I never want to see you again. And Riot leaves, but he's not thwarted in his goal. He still wants to be a rock star. So he works in a kitchen. He's homeless, uh, works with Riot. No, not Riot. Rapture and Minx. And they like, you know, play on the streets and like they're, cold and life is hard it's a hard not life um so one thing i just want to bring up that this this episode kind of made me um remember was um right so to remove any association with jizz and dishonorable discharge which is truly impossible (laughs) it did make me remember however that you know in a um uh, throughout the, like, 80s, 90s, possibly, I guess maybe not the 70s, there's a long period of time where queer people in the Canadian military were actually 
dishonorably discharged or like forced to be removed from service basically because the government thought any gay person could be a liability in the Cold War, uh, thinking that if anyone, you know, from the Soviet Union or the like managed to find out that they were gay, they could use them as, uh, use that as blackmail to get them to commit treason, basically. So, uh, the Canadian government, yeah, basically did this thing. I forget what it was called. I don't know if it had, like, a name, like, Operation Soap, like the Toronto Bathhouse raids had. But, um, yeah, the gay mil- the queer military purge of the Canadian military was a thing that went on for a long period of time. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I think went up until the 80s, if not 90s. Wow, I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a not well-known uh, story. One, because it's queer history and, like, straight people don't give a fuck about that shit. But um, the Canadian government, I believed, apologized for it in, like, 2015, 2016. And I think a class action, like, lawsuit went through that, like, there was a settlement made. Nice. Um... Well, we do stand justice on this podcast. Yeah, justice for queer people, not justice for heteros. I don't give a fuck about them. (laughs) Um, So, he's dishonorably discharged. He's living on the street. We got the song, It's a Hard, Hard Life, which is basically a street urchin ballad. Street urchin glow-up ballad, I would say. Because it's a glow-up as well. True. Yeah, there is a glow-up. Um, they lived on the street. Yeah. They played. The crowd loves them. Then they get an invitation to play in other places that are not the street. Um, so in several scenes of this, we get scenes of crowd or images of crowds. And I don't know why I'm only realizing this now, but every crowd in Gem seems so angry. It's not like they're like <laughs> enjoying the music. They're like yelling at the music. <laughs> There are also not very many people ever. Yeah, that is also true. That is also true. Uh, because they don't want to animate all the people. It's like four people sparsely placed out so it fills the screen as, like, oh, yeah, it's a crowd. <laughs> uh, I also do want to give a shout-out to Riot's, like, tiger, like, line outfit that has a little, like, his chest is very open. There's, like, a, it's almost like a, like, shoelace kind of situation going up his exposed chest. It was a hot look. Yeah, um, he looks good, and um, when the song ends, um, they go back to the hospital, and Riot's mom is flatlining, and again, his dad blames it on him, but, and then we cut to commercial. It's also, it's also, yeah, 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 it's also just kind of hilarious how, like, they start arguing, and the mom immediately starts flatlining, like, what? (laughs) Like, oh, I can't deal with this shit anymore. Let me die. Yeah, like, I'm out later. Yeah. I mean, she should just divorce her stupid husband who's awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyways. Um, So, (laughs) uh, they... Dying. Yeah, exactly. You're literally dying. It's literally killing you, this marriage. Um, So, after the mom pulls herself together, like, the nurses fix the whatever thing that was injected into her... um, there's more, like, dad drama, and of course, Jem inserts herself into the middle of it, again, for more no reason. Uh, and basically, it's, I think it's, like, kind of, like, Jem figures out, or someone explicitly says, like, yeah, the dad-son drama is, like, legit killing this lady. Um, and 
at one point, I think, like, maybe, like, Jem talks to the mom, or, like, there's, like, a moment of, like, the mom saying, like, yeah, keeping this family together is such a strain. <laughs> and I'm like, lady, it's a three-person family. You have one child. How hard could it really be? And I get it if it was, like, five kids and, like, you're a single mom. That's a lot of stress. But you seem to be living pretty comfortably in L.A. The only thing that's, like, really stressing you out is your shitty husband. Eh, I think you could be okay. <laughs> Papa Zan, if you got it. Yeah, him. right? Just, like, dump the motherfucker. But, anyway, after Jem talks to the mom, she goes to talk to the holograms, and she's, like going on about the situation that has nothing to do with any of them and that I'm, like, shocked any of them even listen to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's like, oh, like, right, like, the blah, like, the dad blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. And I was like, why isn't anyone calling her out on inserting herself into this fucking situation, being infatuated with, like, a guy who's hella rapey, Hello, when she has yeah. a boyfriend. Yeah, no one mentions Rio in the slightest, which again, thankful <laughs> for, but also would be relevant. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, they're they're enabling she... her pretty hard. Um, and Jem then also has a conversation with the dad where she basically says, like, yo, you're straight up killing your wife. Uh, and the dad, in true homophobic fashion, says, like, it's not my fault, it's because my son is weak, which is a quote. Um, and it's because of yes. his, like, crazy, undisciplined type of life. You know, I mean, the gays, am I right? Uh, and then Jem is basically like, no, like, your son is actually, like, you know, very committed. And, like, played the sidewalks of Europe. Also a quote, which I thought was, <laughs> was hilarious. I, I, always, <laughs> I always enjoy when, like, Americans in general refer to... Places is just, like, one giant landmass is, like, the same. Like, oh, the plains of Africa, the sidewalks of Europe, the canals of Asia. It's true, it's true. Uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, like, their depictions of anywhere but America are, like, quite grim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, again... The dad doesn't say, who the fuck are you, lady? What do you have to do with this situation? And like, Why are you telling me anything about my wife and my son? Yeah, which if, if it was going to happen, it would have been this guy. And honestly, I would have really respected him in that moment. I've been like, you know what, dude? There's a lot of, you're a lot of bullshit going on with you. But in this moment, you're right. Yeah. Um, but he does seem to have a turnaround um, yeah, and she talks to Riot, too, and says, like, the same kind of shit. Do it for your mother. And then we cut to the Stingers concert, and the dad shows up. He shows and up. And in this scene, this scene's... I was positive there was going to be a hate crime Me that took place. Me, too. <laughs> Me, too, dude. It was, like, it really edged on some some happenings, you know what I mean? Because the dad immediately sits down and, like, is wearing a full military uniform. Why? No answer. I guess to just be a dick about it. And immediately gets chirped by the people around him. One of the main persons involved is a guy sitting right next to him who is a black man who's, like, very much like, Hey, you know, like, how you doing, man? And the dad does not react well to that in the slightest. 
Well, he tells him to get a job. Yeah, get a job. And then I think the dude sitting next to him, like, offers to, like, I don't know, like, a handshake. Or, you know, he says, like, yeah, man, you're in the military and you're still, like, checking this out. Like, props. And it seems like the dad's going to punch him in the face. Right. But then somehow he gets placated and he, uh, well, he's like, wow, the stingers are really popular. Like, wow. And he starts to realize that maybe his son isn't a failure. Right, right, right. Um, and we get the song Let Me Be, which is a ballad, which no one asked for, really. Yeah. But it was called for, I suppose, because his dad is there. Sure, and sure, And the spirit sure. of, like, Father's Day banquets and right, other Right, right, right. He really should have saved this for the Father's Day banquet. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the event of the season. I don't know which season, because it happens in October, even though Father's Day's in June. But still, it's the event of the season. Um, also, this song, Let Me Be, is it's very let it go in the sense of it is a gay anthem as well. Right. Like, the, one so of the lines of the what? song is like, let me be the man I want to be. And it's like, oh, right. One who, you know, takes dick. I get it. Um, so, yeah, there's <laughs> just a lot of, like, wind machine and hairography and, you know, a father-son montage. Yeah, no yeah, it's see. very daddy-son, but, like, not in the hot way. I've seen too many, like, father-child montages in this show for my liking. Yeah, so true, and it makes me wonder, like, a lot of the show unto itself is based around father-daughter relationships or father-child relationships, and it makes me wonder, does Christy have mad daddy issues or does she have reverse mad daddy issues and that like she really loves her dad and has like a very strong rapport with him and is thus inserting father child dynamics into all of her narratives. If you love your, if you have a good relationship with your father that, like, isn't rife with issues, I don't, like, understand you as a person. That's true. Like, so, <laughs> this was a conversation in undergrad, like, very early undergrad, us and the usual cast of crews, um, cast of, I don't know, the usual cast of characters, that's what I want to say. Usual cast of characters are, like, you know, on some sort of thing that's jazzing us all up, and the topic of, like, dads comes up, and, you know, most people do have mad daddy issues, and then our friend, uh, Ms. Ross kind of in the corner yeah. to, to someone else, kind of, like, says, or maybe it was directly to me, says, like, I don't know, man, I love my dad. I don't have any daddy issues. And I was like, oh, wow, good for you. That's that's kind of cool. I didn't know I didn't know that <laughs> happened. Yeah, she did stand out in my mind as, like, the one person I know who, like, has a very solid family unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's true. And, not even, and like, I've spent time with them, so it's not even, like, it's, like, all a front kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay, you're, like, a normal family who, I don't know, loves each other or some shit. <laughs> yeah, like, do not get it, but good for you, I guess. <laughs> Looks, I guess, okay? I don't know. Kind of boring <laughs> for my taste. Yeah, aren't your parents supposed to traumatize you? That's what I learned. Exactly. If you're not um, bred in a household that breeds conflict, I mean, are you even having a childhood, honey? <laughs> um. Anyway, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're only saying good things. 
Oh, I mean, like, yeah, moms are great. My mom is great. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, my mom is great. I don't have, I mean, listen, the only daddy issue I have is that he's dead. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is so blood, but also true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an issue. It's an issue, <laughs> but, like, what am I going to do about it? I mean, you gotta wait till you're dead yourself and go and you could go into the shadow realm. That is true. That is true. But I'm not like, while I am a witch, I'm not much of a necromancer. Mm, you know, it's not. That's your biggest flaw. It, it's one of my biggest flaws. It's true, but it's just not my realm. <laughs> what is your realm? Uh, the eyeball verse. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, of course. Obviously. <laughs> like if I'm picking a plane it's of so existence, terrifying. it's the eyeball. I just, I just imagine like a hall of eyeballs. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. You got floating seraphim like surrounding you. Right, you know? right, right. Um, like I feel pulsating. Yeah, and like the only means of transportation is like an eyeball that you kind of have to like kick roll around, or maybe you float atop it, Airbender <laughs> style. I don't know. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so back to this plan of reality. Father and, uh, yeah, father and son reconcile. Right, right, right. Obviously, yeah. this is where we get the security Jen, guard who's like yelling all the time, and he's like, "You can't get backstage." Yell, 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 yell. I, I loved him personally. Yeah, I mean, no one needed this. Maybe if he didn't. If he succeeded in preventing him from going backstage, we would have been spared from this sappy nonsense. True. But they reconcile. They go to the hospital. The family hugs each other. Jem feels good about what she's done. Ugh. Ugh. I didn't need her to be validated. Exactly. 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 Like her, yeah, her meddling is always validated. And I like how the mom is instantly like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll be fine now. You guys are good? Um, so, yeah, this episode is done. Yeah, wow. It's dead to me. (laughs) It's dead, but it's the second last one, dude. We have one more episode, and the next episode is also, like, very father-heavy. Wow, I guess this is a show all about fathers. Yeah, I hate that about fathers, you know what I mean? (laughs) Which, I mean... Oh, my lord. So, like, I mean, of course, you know, I don't hate fathers. I love me a daddy. Uh, but I do find, and like, m- like the first thing that kind of comes to mind is the Marvel movie franchise. Like the first, like they call it, I don't know which phase they're fucking at anymore, but the, like a lot of the, uh, like main Marvel characters in the movie universe are driven by relationships with their father. And like, it's a very big thing in a lot of the stories and I'm like, yo, where are all the mommies at? Where's my mother-daughter story arcs or my mother-son story arcs? You know what I mean? It's true. It's very true. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta be the ones, you know. More witchcraft, more covens. True. Which I mean, yeah, more witchcrafts, more covens, more cabals. Uh, cabals <laughs> to the walls, honey. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I'd even take a non-witchcraft-related mother-daughter relationship. Like, obviously, I mean, to be fair, all mother-daughter relationships are kind of inherently witchy. Let's be, let's call a spade a spade. But um, I want them more on my screen as. Yeah. Well, 
We'll petition the Lord of Hollywood. Yeah, the, uh, uh, I, I didn't have anything there. I was going to say Holly Lords. I don't have anything either. But that's all I got. I tried it. Uh, yeah, you tried it. You tried um, it. So, who do we think is the baddest bitch? Baddest bitch of the episode. Um, I mean. Certainly not Jam. Certainly not Jam, honey. Uh, are you kidding me? She could be like, I don't know, the, the head lady of putting her nose where it don't need to be. But that's not an award we just bestow on the show. <laughs> it's not a category. It's not a category. Um, may, I mean, Riot, we got to see how he, you know, despite his abusive father, was able to make a success out of himself musically, professionally, uh, and I guess reunited with his father, which is, I guess, a good thing. Well, we could also say the bomb for pulling the ultimate, like, manipulative move. That is, like, that is really true. Not really doing anything, but just, like, dying. That is true, because she was really playing everyone at the table. I was almost going to say we should make her the weakest, but I guess if she's pulling it like most rich white women do, which is with subterfuge and guilt, then I will give it to her. Yeah, I feel like there's power in her victimhood. Right, right, right. Which fragility? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> power in her victimhood is, I mean, it's the white lady mo. <laughs> I mean, that could also make her the worst person in the universe. But in many uh, ways, it does. At least in the in a real world setting, it does. But like, really, who else are we gonna give it to in this fucking episode? Yeah, I want to give her this. Yeah, yeah, like Mildred Milton. Melandra, whatever your name is. <laughs> Melandra. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Melandra. Uh, you are the baddest bitch of the episode. Um, Woo, congrats. Congrats, Michelas. Uh, which should be the weakest, though? Who, who's, whomst amongst them all is the weakest? I want to say Jem. I mean, like, she was active, like an active part of the plot, but I don't think she needed to be, and I think it speaks to an internal, like, emotional failing on her part. Yeah, like, she has to fix other people's problems because she won't address her own, even her own internal family dynamics, which I don't think she really ever truly addresses the weird Sitchin Machinemans that you got going on with uh, Jerica, not Jerica, well, Jerica and also Kimber, um, and her own, yeah, weird mom complex when it comes to various orphans and everything in the world. Uh, but I just do want to give a special mention to Riot's homophobic dad for also being hella weak. Um, yeah, he was, he probably deserves it more, to be honest. He was, like, quite problematic and, like, awful. But we saw some growth. We saw some growth there. And, like, listen, this often does happen with people who are homophobic or discriminatory in general. They have a mindset because they've never been exposed to the things that they hate and fear and then once they actually see it in life they can make the connection of oh this isn't as bad as i thought the person who i've loved for so many years isn't completely different because of this one aspect of their personality or personhood i can get over this so maybe not so weak overall or maybe not as weak as Jem, who was the worst yeah let's just give it to Jem. let's give it to we wanted to exactly because we we want to it's true yeah, we have only one episode left, and we have to make sure she gets as many titles as she deserves. Exactly, and Bonnie is in the next episode, so it's always up in the air whether it's going to be Jem or Bonnie as the weakest bitch. 
Um, but yeah, uh, with all of that said and done, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Gem Girls Podcast. Our second last one about the series. Um, stay tuned for our discussions about the movies, both the fan movie and uh, the one that came out like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was only six years ago, maybe seven years ago. Yeah, what are years anyway? Yeah, what is time, baby? Uh, as we always say, uh, that is one of the phrases of our podcast. And also another phrase of our podcast is <laughs> PodPol, which stands for Podcast Policy, if you didn't know. Uh, and our podcast bol- policy, again, if you didn't know, is please rate us and review us, comma, five stars and a positive review, full stop, period. Um, because Full stop, period, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, because, as mentioned, that's the pod, Paul, and as you already know, because I said it literally 30 seconds ago, that stands for podcast policy, <laughs> uh, and that's all we'll take on any review, whatever, wherever you find podcasts. We'll only take five stars and a positive review. So thank you in advance. Yeah, thank you in advance, and if you liked what you heard, check us out on social media at Gem Girls Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram, and go to our website, gemgirls.com. So, uh, with all that said and done now, until next time, stay, stay outrageous. outrageous. Bye. Bye-bye.